0: You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 549 Inventing Anna, we go against the reviews, The Giant Leap from Hit TV Show to Movie
1: Failure, and The Beatles in Spatial Audio. That's all coming up after Love and Money and Hallelujah Man.
2: Ah. When you can't get what you need, you feel like taking a toss to it all. The sweet
3: talk
2: make a better man. You can feel the darkness rise. Sometimes you don't know what you're fighting for, you don't know who it is you despise. I am the Hallelujah man. Break all the rules, I'm the king of fools, I'm the renegade. In this great time, I'll do what things to bring I Two doing thing to bring a government down In a coat of a thousand colors And a star-spangled Cadillac He picked up a rodeo queen With whiplash marks alone
1: 63 in the uk number 75 on billboard they never quite broke through despite their singles having really funky melodies and superb production still going today this was from 1988 love and money and hallelujah man
0: yes maybe they were got confused by the uh, everything but the girl album love not money maybe that didn't help them very much at the time <laughs> Maybe they got uh, misfiled in record yes, shops I think so like like the boy with the arab strap being the ben and sebastian album and thus very much displeasing the band that were actually called arab strap at the time <laughs> so uh, so yes i'm not sure I, I, i'm not hugely familiar with them but i'll definitely dig out some more of their stuff because i really liked that good choice yeah
1: yeah welcome along to episode 549 of the parish council Mm -hmm. i'm terence Dackham, and over the next 45 minutes delivering her spring statement it's Juliet Harris.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> listen up, you nation. This is my time to uh, tell you that I, unfortunately I have no control over every any economic conditions at all, which is not entirely dissimilar to what we heard earlier this week. Anyway, hi everyone.
1: George, uh, I don't know if you have um, an offence advisor um, because <laughs> Jamie Oliver has employed one, and it's the now must-have thing for you celebrities. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, actually Jamie Oliver has a team of them they go through his recipes make it, make sure there's no sort of cultural appropriation other, others ask that their offence advisors to check their social media and other output to check on any sort of imperialism, mm-hmm. racism, misgendering that sort of thing and I just thought you know if, if all the other celebrities out there are getting an offence advisor I, I thought maybe you you, you might have one.
0: <laughs> I mean you know what can I say I probably need one frankly. Mm-hmm. The thing is it's a bit like um, when Jane Garvey and Fee Glover spoke on the Fortunately podcast about how uh, the BBC has a sort of a, an, an awareness course, like a sort of a, a social awareness type course. But the people that should go on the social awareness course aren't aware that they want that they need to go on the social awareness course. And I suspect the same thing will happen with offence advisors. The people that are just generally offensive won't even clock the idea that they might not want to cause offence. In fact, they'll probably be perversely proud of it. So I suspect those of us that would want offence advisors are probably in the wider awoke club already, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely right, because yes, I, I see what you mean. If you're, you're, if you're the sort of person who needs an offence advisor, you're probably better off not saying much in public anyway.
0: Or, or um, you don't care, and you're just doing yeah. that's your brand, is my view, probably. You, the Jeremy Clarksons of this world, can you imagine him having an offence an advisor?
1: advisor. Be, it would be certainly be a full-time job, wouldn't it?
0: Or you just say, just stay at home. <laughs> Lockdown for Jeremy Clarkson. Stay at home, uh, Save ears that's that's what i would be saying to him
1: i'll, I'll always have a place in my heart for shonda rhymes mm. she's a tv producer and writer she was responsible for two of my favorite shows from the last 20 years Grey's anatomy and private practice on abc yeah, right. like uh, lately like so many she's shifted to where the money or perhaps the investment is streaming services and Shonda Rhimes has teamed up with Netflix to create and produce the story of Anna Sorokin or Anna Delvey Mm. a Moscow-born woman who between about 2015 to 2017 took the New York social scene to new levels of madness really
0: (laughs) yes absolutely
1: This, this extraordinary lady wrote the sort of notional playbook on the sense that if you're going to scam people then scam big
0: go big or and, go home or go, big yeah. <laughs> or go big and go to someone else's home by the sound In,
1: of someone else's home, yes as i say, well, or to their yacht as yeah, i say i'm fine. a big fan of de Rhymes, so it was pretty inevitable i would enjoy this show but jules are you enjoying inventing anna on netflix yes,
0: yes very much i and again not the sort of i mean i I mean, I'd, I'd, I've never seen private practice, so we'll have to check that mm. out. Grey's Anatomy is one of those things that I'm completely accepting of the fact it is really good and I never feel the need to watch it because it's just, it's the, it's the very long sections with songs over the top that seem to wear me down. I must admit, I understand. And Holby City adopted this habit. Mm. And as my friend put it, became almost Latin American in its kind of melodrama. And <laughs> it, it sort of, again, it went big and unfortunately went to people's homes on that. Um, but I found myself watching this because as we discussed on this podcast, unfortunately, I had the COVID a little while ago and got to the point where I realized that I needed to just stop doing all the things and just do nothing in order to get to let it pass. And so I took to my bed, conducted a lot of business from my bed, etched, phoned people, did that sort of thing Um, and decided I would watch a bit of Netflix. And two very different people of different ages, of different interests, both recommended Inventing Anatomy. So mm-hmm. I thought I would watch it. I was familiar with the story and I remember the article being published at the time and thinking there has got to be some sort of film in this. I cannot believe this is a real life thing. And here we are. You know, this is this is actually happened. And I have to say, I've been devouring this like sweets in that it is very it sort of it gives you a sugar rush in the sense that this is not Deep and profound art. This program it is, however, compulsively watchable. In terms of, I think the acting is great. I think the scripting is really good. I'm very much enjoying both um, Julia Garner as Anna and also very much Anna Trumpsky as the as the mm. reporter in it, who is an, a very comic performance. She does a lot with her face, but not too much. I, I'm very much enjoying it. There are some enjoyable cameos, and what is the most sort of the jaw dropping? it's just how people took her her word because she yes. presented from that world so the stylist that said that she had excellent taste the lawyer played by dr green from er who i have not seen in many years popping up uh, the corporate lawyer that just happily signed forms saying she had money and it turns out she had been tricked by anna herself pretending to be a man in russia using voice manipulation software it's 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 a, you know it's such a an incredible story and I very much enjoy the, the lovely little comment at the beginning of each episode, expressed in a different way. Everything is real apart from the bits we made up that appears on a shutter, you know, in the background or on a wall as graffiti. That's very clever, I think. And Yet much of this seems to be true. One of the organisers of Firefest that went to prison pops up at one point that she's apparently sharing a flat with. It's, it's great, this. I found this very, very Moorish. And there is just something, as we've talked about on the podcast before, so compelling about a grift, isn't there? About a really good, old-fashioned, as you say, grift on an epic scale, this was. She had big institutions for loads of money.
1: Very much so. And I think, you know, the 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 grifting and the scamming, it was so easy to do perhaps in the 50s and 60s, but in the internet age where Google is your friend, um, to get away with it to this scale does seem extraordinary. Yes. Um, Inventing Anna, it's, it's got the edginess matched with warmth that is a feature of mm. de Rhyme's work it's a very similar way to West Wing Aaron Sorkin's um m- masterpiece mm. um same sort of that that sort of um brings you in this human interest but there's also as I say that edge um as ever with her productions expertly cast, and mm. you you're talking about supporting roles, I also picked up delightfully we found Anna DeVere Smith, who played Nancy McNally in West yes, York, and um, Gloria Akalitis from Nurse Jackie they both got yes. strong supporting roles in this yeah um, i haven 't watched a whole series yet i 've i 've binge watched three mm. uh, so far, um, but i 'm loving inventing Emma and I firmly disagreeing many of the, the lukewarm reviews. I often say, as you know, that shows are too long at an hour, but the action bustled along here and the hour zoomed by in each of the ones I watched. I enjoyed the... Going off a slight tangent, I enjoyed the insight into the home life of the character Vivian Kent, the magazine reporter you talked about, um, con- confirming yes. that nobody in New York uses their kitchen. They either eat out or bring takeout food home in any so circumstances. True.
0: So true. That doesn't, seem, that doesn't seem, yes, that doesn't seem to be. No. It's like, um, no but then having said that, no one in East Enders owns a washing machine. Maybe this is true in all TV drama. Maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's an illness of TV drama rather than people living their lives
1: without giving too much away i also learned from this that i would not enjoy a spell in rikers island that that Uh became very clear to me
0: indeed i very much agree and and uh, i didn't mention her name earlier but i feel we should because she's such a key part of the story um the journalist that that published the story who is portrayed by anna Chomsky in the program is uh is uh, Jessica Presler is her name who and and what's so interesting and again I won't give too much away but the journalist herself has a very interesting backstory which which Anna picks up on and rather exploits so so it's a very interesting program and like you say beautifully done and uh, it was the perfect thing if I mean if you're listening and you're unwell, I'm I'm really sorry but I can very much recommend this is the perfect universe in which to just completely suspend yourself in and just enjoy this slightly sort of schlocky story really because it is brilliant
1: yeah, absolutely overall an absolute treat I think and there's an excellent soundtrack too yes Inventing Anna is on Netflix right now coming next that jump from TV screen to movies from Alan Partridge to Catherine Tate that's right after Matty L the
3: sirens are called.
0: light to this it really caught my ear as i was driving around on the radio and what what more what better thing can you say about a song than that is matiel and lighthouse
1: yeah new to me as well but such a lovely voice and i'll i'll definitely listen to to more of um, of matiel one of the most awaited uh, movie releases back in 2007 was the simpsons movie of course based on the long running tv show now it would be foolish to describe the movie as a failure it had a budget of 40 million dollars and cleared 500 million at the box office but Mm -hmm. many reviewers did feel that the movie just didn't work stretched out to 87 minutes Mm -hmm. the quick fire humor of the tv show didn't seem to quite translate to the longer format of the bigger screen um on a more modest level, though, in 2013, Steve Coogan took his character Alan Partridge from radio through TV series to film with Alan Partridge, mm-hmm. Alpha Papa. Which
0: and this, is right. I love that.
1: Exactly. This transition was generally thought to have worked very, very well. Yes. Broadly strong approval ratings. Empire called it a masterclass. Total Film said it was one of the funniest films of 2013. Now, we haven't seen the upcoming film, The Nan Movie, based mm-hmm. on a character from Catherine Tate's TV show. This was from, TV show was from about 20 years ago. Yeah, I have to make a declaration that I have no time, um, definitely not a fan of shows like Little Britain or The Catherine Tate Show. It, indeed, to be super honest, I find them um, embarrassing and demeaning, poking poking fun at people because they're old or have an infirmity or somehow a bit different. Uh, I fully accept that I'm in a minority. These shows were immensely popular at the time, at at least. Uh, Jules, the Nan movie with Catherine Tate, described by Peter Bradshaw in You're the Guardian as a terrible film, truly horrendous and depressing, one star star awarded out of five. Um, What is it that prevents some successful TV shows making that transition to the to the movie screen.
0: Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? I have to, at this point in time to declare a slightly vested interest in adaptations of, of uh, sitcoms, uh, particularly, uh, onto the big screen. Um, Apologies if I've told listeners about this before. Hopefully you won't mind hearing this again. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you about um, a British composer of film scores called Wilfred Burns. Now, Wilfred Burns is quite, a, it's spelled B-U-R-N-S, is quite a witty way of expressing his name. He did that to get his equity card because his name is actually Bernard Walford Harris. And Uh. he is a cousin of my granddad's um, on my dad's side of the family. Um, He was a remarkable man who was severely wounded in World War Two. He was shot in the left elbow, the right hand and the left eye. He remained a prisoner of war until he was repatriated. Um, His injuries as a result of um, his, his, his sort of time at war his left elbow left his arm shorter than his right arm and he basically retrained himself in German prison hospitals to play the piano again and went on to compose a number of film scores. Now he did one or two a year for about 15 years. Towards the end of his life his film scores included Till Til Death Us Do Part the movie and Dad's Army the original movie and Adolf Hitler My Part in His Downfall by uh, by Spike Milligan. So I'm no stranger to film adaptation. <laughs> For sitcoms, I think he had some involvement in Holiday on the Buses as well. I think so. So I'm I'm genetically disposed not to necessarily think they're the worst thing ever. Um, Peter Bradshaw seems particularly opposed to them. I remember he gives most of these stinking reviews. He gave the Harry Hill movie terrible reviews as well, and I think there was a film based on Pudsey the Dog from Britain's Got Talent, and I think that got fairly bad reviews as well the The reason why some films t v films work and some t v films don't I'm tempted to say it's the it's it's the same reason as some films work and some films don't. Some films have really good well thought out scripts and direction and some don't and i I wonder if it might just be as simple as that Peter Bradshaw does comment um that it, you sense that everyone involved in this film did not have much hope for it. Mm-hmm. It arrived in UK cinemas with no fanfare. He says there's an uneasy lack of clarity about who the director is supposed to be. Now that doesn't scream massive hit or art that anyone's proud of. To me, apparently, some some official listings give it as the Josie Rourke, the former Donmar Warehouse artistic director. Some people say it's actually Catherine Tate herself, but there's nothing on the closing credits other to say other than say they're both producers. I'm I'm have slightly more time for the Catherine Tate show than you do certy. Um mm-hmm. I have slightly more time. Nan has been the character that has been sort of she, there was there was a spin-off series there was a Christmas special I think that was like a Christmas carol except she was playing the Scrooge role. And actually I don't often feel we're always laughing at Nan. I, I think the Catherine Tate is a bit smarter than the Little Britain people, or at least a bit less cruel. There are some great characters in that, in, in the sketch show. I'm not sure I would have based thing, a thing around Nan. But maybe maybe we can think about the fact that Nan is a single sketch in a, sho, in a in a show of sketches of different characters, in which you never see particular characters more than once or twice in the same show, do you? So you see a sort of a three or four minute sketch, and then you know there are other characters or other sketches in the show so it's it's hard enough stretching out a short form sitcom like you say with the simpsons from half an hour to a feature-length film of, of 90 minutes, it's even harder to do that with a character that we're used to seeing for three minutes at once. And I wonder if that's what's gone wrong here, that that it's a combination of of a character that we've only seen on sketches. And um, also, maybe there isn't that much to the character. The the Alan Partridge stuff has worked brilliantly because, of course, he started out himself as a secondary character on the day-to-day and was gradually sort of, you know, in, in, in and on the hour and was gradually sort of expanded. And there seems to be more and more to him. The writing is just fantastic, and they found different way different situations in which you can put Alan Partridge and still have that character worked brilliantly The, the film is fantastic his the idea of him as a hostage negotiator. Is just such a great <laughs> conceit, and I and I worry that the conceit for the Nan film, I might I, the chances are I will probably end up watching this when it is on BBC Two between Christmas and New Year in about three de- three years time at nine o'clock in the evening. I will probably end up watching it when I've eaten too much with a parent, and we will probably think it is all right. But um, there doesn't seem to be enough of a, you know, it's based around a road trip and what. What um Peter Bradshaw says is that um the film could have worked. There's 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 probably a good film in this, in that there's flashbacks to the war when they're talking about her and her sister falling out because they fell in love with a handsome G.I. And Bradshaw says perhaps the film could have worked if they'd told the nineteen forty part of the story, perhaps in flashback, and that Catherine Tate is still obviously an extremely good, um, extremely good comic. But And this isn't necessarily a criticism of Catherine Tate herself, but quite often these are good ideas that haven't been finished off or they're just lazy. And people think, oh, well, you know, there's people know the character. We don't need to construct that much around it. But actually, if you're picking a sketch show character, you've got to have some pretty heavy artillery underneath it to make that a film worth watching. They managed to make it work with Alan Partridge. All indications are they haven't managed to make it work here
1: no no i mean i don't wish to to layer too much cruelty on here but i've been looking up uh some more reviews of poor catherine tate's movie brutally unfunny these are three separate reviews brutally unfunny lacking in charm and good jokes as interminable as it is revolting
0: <laughs> Wow. Um, I, I thought that came i thought that was a review of me for a minute <laughs> anyway <no. laughs>
1: um Yeah, it does seem strange that that original director uh, it seems to speak a lot that she's asked for her name to be removed from the credits. Uh, I I believe that's what happened in the first place, really. Um, It is interesting to contrast Catherine Tate's Nan and perhaps the characters from Little Britain and Come Fly With Me to Steve Coogan's Ellen Partridge Mm -hmm. because Partridge goes out on the road on tour starting next month. Obviously, Coogan in the characters, Partridge. Yeah. Next month. And, you know, one might think the public have seen or heard enough after radio shows, TV Mm. shows, sitcom, movie, podcast, YouTube, YouTube shorts. But no, we certainly haven't. It's an arena-sized tour, including... Three nights at the O2 in London. That's insane. Um, I mean, that's, so that's incredible. But it's it's a very curious business, is it? How one comic character is a disaster, uh, box office wise, and another, Alan Partridge, seems destined to be with us as long as Steve Coogan um, lives and breathes.
0: Mm, I mean, it's it's you know, like you say, it's it's. But then that is pure talent isn't it that is that is you know that is fantastic writing that stays yes. fresh and there is you know alan always has new things that i'm interested in hearing i must admit i didn't realize this was on i'd be half tempted to go if i would if i <laughs> got stuff organized sooner actually i'm a big fan of alan he's um and the accidental partridge twitter account i would very much recommend by the way which finds finds the alan partridge in all of people in public life making slightly ill-advised statements it's it's great. And and I'm such a but again, Adam Partridge works because they always get fantastic supporting characters in as well. And and it's, you know, it's 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 quality. And and I'm sorry that because that, I like Catherine Tate, I, actually, I think she's very good as a straight actor as well. And I'm mm. I'm sorry that she hasn't pursued that more because I think she's got terrific screen presence. But this doesn't seem This doesn't seem to be the one to launch her, I don't think.
1: Um, not that he needs us to promote him, but I did notice when I was checking out uh, where the Partridge tour was going mm. that because it's an arena tour, there's still tickets left in most right. venues. So you'll be all right, I think, if you I have a go. Yeah,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know, if I do, I'll report. Maybe I can file from the seat, Ish. as Alan would do. <laughs> Coming right up, The Beatles in
1: spatial audio. Mixed by Giles
0: <laughs> I was going to say Beatles in space Beatles in space
1: That's right after Skip Marley
3: Slow down Girl I love you Darling I care I care for you More than my own self Darling I share I share with you all goodness and well Said We can have just one night Or we can have one whole life If we play it cool Yeah We can have that one thing Or we can have everything If our hearts are true Girls, slow down
1: where we're playing songs by bob marley's grandchildren (laughs) bob marley's (laughs) grandchildren um summer's here this week in the uk for three days so wind the window down and play some reggae as it was my first thought a grammy nominated single joined here by her on guest vocals from 2019 skip marley and slow down
0: I, I I just can't get my head around the fact that, that you know, yes. we're hearing from the Marley grandchildren. That is, I mean, obviously, I enjoyed that and I wish them well, but I'm also incredibly depressed well, by that. Yeah. a revelation. Here's the thing, Jules.
1: Um, the Beatles wrote, it's broadly thought, 308 songs,
0: hmm.
1: 48 of them make reference to the weather. A strong 16 wow. percent.
0: Who, who knew? No, I, I wouldn't have put it that high. for them. Some
1: excellent work um, from researchers at Oxford and Southampton Universities. So um, it probably endorses the common view that the, the British are obsessed about the weather.
0: I was going to say, it's it's difficult to deny that, isn't it, really? Yes. I mean, rain comes to mind immediately, doesn't it? Both, you know, both as a British person and as, <laughs> as a fan of the Beatles.
1: Uh, yes, uh, let's think. Here comes the sun, uh, Sun King.
0: Good day, sunshine.
1: Good day, sunshine. I'll follow the sun.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, Some worshippers the Beatles, as it turns out.
1: Fixing a hole where the rain rain gets in.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, so, so are we saying they're about the weather or are there are incidental references to weather? That's that's still that's still very high, though, isn't it, really? And now the weather with the Beatles. I yes. watch that every day.
1: Across the universe, so there was a rain into a paper cup. But that's enough about the Beatles and weather. Whatever the weather, we've spoken before about how there is a never ending market for Beatles media. Movies, remixes, okay. lost tapes and so on.
0: And we lap it up every time. we, yeah, well, we we're never not interested, are we? Uh,
1: never not interested. And look out, here comes the Beatles compilation album 1 remixed for Spatial Audio by Giles Martin. And to explain that very briefly for, um, for people like me who didn't know what it was, Spatial Audio um, it's, it's supposed to give you a 360 degree sound for a fuller listening experience and it seems to be aimed at more recent tech platforms such as apple music who are strongly strongly backing this technology yes. now jules you've had a chance to listen to this compilation of beatles number ones in spatial audio does it all come together
0: oh very um. good or is it all too much as hey, they as, as they so lowly would have said um i I quite enjoyed this actually, and i did I did feel that it was it was one of those things where uh, maybe this is Emperor's new clothes, I don't know, maybe I should have just not have been told that this was spatial audio <laughs> and yeah. just listened to it, and you know maybe i'm a I'm doing what my uh, what my my pal at the quantic once said when they released all those remastered and, and you know remixed versions in the tw- 2009 2010 when he said so far i've paid 14 pounds to hear some slightly louder bongos i don't know if 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 you know if i'm just going oh yes they've changed this i want one of those terrible people there was a spate ages ago of one of the websites vice or someone like that stopped loads of younger people at festivals and they all claim to have heard of bands that vice had made up i'm always about five (laughs) seconds away from doing that so i I worry that i might have read too much into this because i felt that i should have done if you see what i mean but i i listened in headphones whilst lying on a sofa and i i just felt different but the thing is terence this is the problem i can't tell you how it was different it just was and and that is what makes me worry that I've just thought that the, that I feel this is different because I should feel it is different because I've been told it should sound different, but. And, and the, the hilarious thing is, is that I tried to make brainy notes on this and all I could come up with was there just seemed to be more space in the songs, which I guess is what Spatial Audio is aiming to do, isn't it? I, I, I found it interesting. I, I heard them differently, but I can't really explain how. Is that me being thick?
1: Not at all. I mean, first of all, bearing in mind that many of these uh, songs were recorded in four track and mm. sometimes then diluted down to one track before more tracks yes, were added right. on another four track, if you see what I mean. Um, I think Charles Martin has done a, a good, really good job. Yes. here. I thought I could never be sold yet new versions of Penny Lane and Hello Goodbye. But I listened on good quality equipment and I felt, yes, you can hear the difference for yeah. sure. Whether you like the mix is up to you. And like you, I, if you pinned me down and said, right, well, describe what's so great about it. i i can't because it's just no, it's a sound really. it's it's like it, it's trying like to it's like trying to smell a color you can't you can't do it it's <laughs> i it's
0: love that but, unless you have synesthesia of course yeah, but, well uh, yes, yes it is but that, so. that's less common i it is a bit like when when you take something apart and you clean every bit and you put it back again and it, and it back together again and it works slightly better but All you've done is clean it. Maybe that's what's happened here. I don't know.
1: I suspect there will be as many sort of back to mono feelings as hooray. It sounds fresh and new, but you can listen uh, for yourself if you wish through Apple Music. Uh, Just search for The Beatles one album and it's sort of marked 2015 uh, version remixed by Giles Martin. And just see what you think. It's got very little fanfare. It hasn't come out with the usual razzmatazz,
0: but it's uh, just been released very recently i'm a beatles sort of nut and a beatles nerd and a beatles head mm. and i didn't know this had been released until you no. talked about it which yeah. is really strange and of course i you know I've, I've you know been to abbey road i've been to City love music i've done all that mm. kind of stuff and i just haven't i'm just not familiar with it which is no. really strange and it, it makes you wonder why this isn't being shouted about more because it's really good and genuinely really interesting
1: now i've got a theory. Go because <laughs> we may say there is no <laughs> way Apple Records can find new ways to sell us the Beatles. But I've got a prediction that within Shut five on. years, we'll all be buying Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper yet again. How about you purchase a copy that gives you all the individual tracks isolated mm-hmm. with software that wow. allows you to mix the songs yourself? I like mean, your George Martin.
0: That's absolutely a winner. And and interestingly, um, so this is a poor comparison to make, and I suspect we'll get people writing in um, on Twitter. Yes, I'm sorry, in advance. But the band Ash did a not entirely dissimilar thing. Um, not quite the same, but it's that kind of idea of thinking. In the, in 2001, when I bought their album Free All Angels, which had seven singles off of it, that was enormously successful, it came with a thing that you could put in your computer, which felt very... That, the, the, it was in the on the CD itself. You put it in the yeah. computer. It felt very advanced at the time. Um, I was still on. We were all still on dial up at this point, and, and we put it in. and You could make your own music video for any of the song you picked because it had a library of about you know three hundred and fifty or so different clips from Ash videos that had all been split up and you could basically string all the clips together in whatever order you wanted to whatever song from the album you wanted to make your own music video. So I think there really is a market in this for, I think this is a a fab idea, Terrence, of, of, you know, make, getting the stems and making your own remixes. It's, it's, you know, that should happen. That would some sort of competition, voted on the best mix and then mm. win something snazzy it sounds like a winner to me
1: I think it's the 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 ultimate uh, Beatles release other than holograms of them performing in I your drawing say, room my, my, my,
0: my, uh, my, my feeling was that it's good they're going to do an ABBA on there at some point and surely, uh, ISIS, surely yeah and I mean be interesting to see I haven't been along to the ABBA show yet I don't know if it's still going or not I think you said it was it was Mickey I think it's this time. summer isn't it I think yeah this coming so, summer mm-hmm. yeah I will I will be interested to go and mm. have a but it's it's yeah, I think you're right. I think it's my, this might end up, you know, maybe being the future. Well, who knows? Maybe they would rather wait until the Beatles are no longer with us. I don't know. Yes, maybe so, so. But maybe but that's the answer. But no, somehow
1: I, they'll find a way for us to buy the Beatles all and, over and,
0: again. And interestingly, you know, I don't resent that because as long as no. you find an interesting way to do it, then why not? And you might feel that it beats listening to McCartney 3. So, you know, well, then, yes, let's see. Yes.
1: Thanks very much for listening this week. Good to have you along.
0: I echo Terence's sentiments. Not quite uh, as always, but usually, yes.
1: <laughs> nearly 25 years now since Moon Safari, but mm. we're playing out with a track from Air's second
0: album. Yes, we are. And I one of my favourite compilations that I came across last year was this rather, um, rather curious compilation called Pop Psychedelic, and it was released on vinyl. And it's the best of french psychedelic pop 1964 to 2019 um which is a, a huge area and they, it's a double i bought it on lp it mines you can get different colors mine's um yellow paisley i think but uh there are, which i'm sure will infuriate terence but there are different ways you can buy this but it's a genuinely really good compilation of all the best bits of french sort of slightly weird pop from that time frame. It's really fantastic. 55 years, I would really recommend it. There's some great stuff like EVA by Jean-Jacques Perry, and then there's my beloved Stereo Lab. There's, there's you know, some Fatboy Sim remixes of stuff. It's really good. And I was listening to this at home the other day because I had some time off and I thought, oh, I'll treat myself to a record that I really like. So I played this all the way through. And I I love Moon Safari by Air. You're you're right to reference that. One of my favourite albums. I adore it. I never quite took to 10,000 hertz in the same way, but I think I will have to revisit it. Having heard this song on this compilation, having enjoyed it very much, it it really goes places. This and it's worth sticking with for the for the full length. I think because there's a lot going on. This is Air, and don't don't be light.
3: See the master's hand. We bang on gold tambourines in the crosshairs of some transient gun, trading desire.